0: It's Adventure in Faith, our theme, spirituality from the ground up. The working title for a while was Ground Up Spirituality, (laughs) which brought forth images of hamburgers. (laughs) And also, uh, I don't want to hurt anyone's spirituality in, in any way, but sometimes our spirituality does need to be deconstructed and built back up again so that it can strengthen us. And so we can grow. And a key word you're going to hear throughout this series is roots. And a key point that I want to share with you today is that your roots are deeper than you know, your spiritual roots are deeper than you know. I think this James Webb telescope is just one of the greatest things that humanity has ever come up with. Launched in December of 2022, the images of our galaxies that it is bringing us are just astounding. And scientists tell us when we're looking at that image, we're not just Star Trek-like looking at the next great frontier, we're looking at our distant past we're looking at our cosmic roots. And yes, your roots are where you came from, your roots are your family, your roots are your moral character, but they're also cosmic roots. You came from that. Talk about the image of love, right? And you're more than that image of love, you are that love itself. Your roots are deeper than you know, And this isn't a series about some new idea or some way to change yourself because you don't need changing. You don't need fixing. You're not broken. We all just need to learn to settle more into our roots and to allow those roots to inform the rest of our living. Your roots aren't just your past. They're your spirit. Your roots aren't just your history, they're your possibility. Your roots aren't just how you have grown, they're how you will continue to grow. Connecting with those roots helps give us our wings. And that's today's message, roots and wings. It comes from what I believe to be an African saying. We give our children two things. The first is roots, and the second is wings. But the roots come first. When we root ourselves in the truth of who we are and continue to go back and to nurture them, it can, when we're facing challenges and struggles, it can provide us the wings we need to transcend them, to rise over them, to use our resilient heart, to claim to live in joy no matter what. You may think that you have left your roots, but the truth is, is your roots never leave you. As part of our adventure in faith, there's a worksheet online that you can download. Here's a picture of it here, and it involves some questions, and so my message today is about leading us through these questions. And it starts with our roots, And the first question is, what are three core beliefs that you can return to again and again to help inform your living? Three core beliefs. Anyone got one? Love. Love. That's a good belief. Peace. Peace. I I am one with the universe. Yes, you are. Beautiful. Beautiful. I love the spiritual superhero origin story of Maya Angelou. Maya Angelou rose to national fame when she read a poem during Bill Clinton's presidential inauguration in 1992. And probably like you, I had just never seen spirit so tangibly visible in a presence before. And I was only 11 at the time, but years later I would uh, purchase her memoirs. And the first few, you know, I'm looking for all the spirituality and it's really not there. It's beautifully written, but the stories are incredibly painful. The abuse she endured from her family, the way that she was manipulated by men, probably one of the most beautiful women in the world and yet still living in a society that told her that she was not enough and ugly because of the color of her skin. And she has an experience of receiving a core belief. She was in a theater and dance and song group, and they were doing a a book study. And the book that they were reading was by Emily Cady called Lessons in Truth, a new thought book uh, first published in 1905. And to get a taste of it, it, it reads something like this. God is life, love, intelligence, substance, omnipotence, omniscience, omnipresence. I am a child or manifestation of God, and every moment his life, love, wisdom, power flow into and through me. I manifest my real self through this body now. God works with me to will and to do whatsoever he wishes me to do, and he cannot fail. And so they were reading this book aloud together. And Maya must have come upon the following passage. Take the thought, God loves me. And think the words over and over continually for a few days. Trying to realize that they are true. And see what the effect will be on your body and circumstances. And the gentleman who was leading the group said, "You know, Mike, can you say again, God loves me? God loves me. Again. God loves me. Again, God loves me. Again, and Maya is, is getting a little off-put here. Uh, she's been talked to enough by men <laughs> in this way, and she's the only person of color in, the, in this circle. So she's a little bit defensive, but she starts to, starts to get it. God loves me. God loves me. God loves me. And through the roots of her being, it informs her heart, and she begins to weep. God loves me. Sometimes we may ask ourselves, how can I best love God? An offering, a prayer, doing good works. Perhaps the best way to love God is to let God love you. Perhaps the best way to love God is to let the love of God into your own heart so that it can be aware of itself and rejoice in the awareness of it in your own heart being. If you YouTube Maya Angelou, God Loves Me, you will see video after video of her telling this spiritual superpower origin story again and again. And every time, the same change of form, the same tears fill her eyes. She shared, there was a possibility that God really did love me, me, Maya Angelou. I suddenly began to cry at the gravity and grandeur of it all. I knew that if God loved me, then I could do wonderful things. I could try great things, learn anything, achieve anything. For what could stand against me since one person with God constitutes the majority? What is the core belief for you? The core beliefs that you can return to over and over and inform you of the spiritual truth of who you are so you can live as the greatness of who you are in your everyday life. For me there's an essential belief in progress and good. No matter the person, no matter the situation, no matter the seeming evil, I believe that there's such thing as a good without opposite and that we can work towards it in ourselves and in every circumstance. It's led me through so much. What might it be for you? We also ask the question on the worksheet, what are three everyday practices that you engage in that connect you with your roots? It could be a traditional spiritual practice like meditation or prayer. It could be the music you gift yourself in your car. It could be the kind of books you like to read. It could be the, the uh, person you make sure you say I love you to every day. I think all of us have these rituals and these practices, but they do demand, I think, greater clarity to recognize that I engage in this to remember who I am in this everyday life that is an ever-increasing marketplace. I engage in this practice to remember who I am and why I'm here. The more we experience and ground ourselves in the roots, the more our heart opens by itself. I've never opened my own heart, but I've experienced an open heart when I ground myself in the roots and I come to realize that these words like transparency and vulnerability that had sounded like weakness to me when my heart was closed are actually my power. That those bring me into a greater level of intimacy, of living from a place of heart. Grounding yourself in your roots opens your heart. And so we also have questions of the heart. And the first question has to do with those core relationships that warm your heart. The importance of engaging in those in a regular and consistent way. Could be a loved one in your family. Could be an author or someone that you hear and get the news from. It could be a practitioner. Another spiritual superhero origin story that I love is that of Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers, who as a young boy considered himself overweight and experienced intense bullying by some kids that would chase him on the way home and call him Fat Freddy. Hey, Fat Freddy, we're going to get you. Watch out, Fat Freddy, we're going to get you. And being the sensitive young man that he was, um, young Fred would go home and he'd hide under his blankets and he'd cry. He'd just sob. No sense of dignity, no sense of self-worth. We've all been there in some way, shape, or time. And sobbing, there were two things that helped transform young Freddy. The first was he would think about his grandfather, and how much he cherished that relationship. Fred Brooks McFeely, so if you're familiar with the show, that name will sound familiar to, him, to you. And at the end of every time that they spent time together, Freddie's grandfather would share this with him. You made this day special just by being yourself. Always remember, there's just one person in the world, like you. And I like you just the way you are. He would take that message and transform so many children's lives who've been told the opposite of that profound and divine truth. The second thing for Fred came from a little book called The Little Prince. And the line, that which is most essential is invisible to the eye. That which is most essential is invisible to the eye. This stuff I'm talking about today, the roots, the heart, the wings, they're metaphors, and yet they're the most true, true, true thing about who each of us is and are. What are those relationships that bring you back to your rootedness and allow you to live from the heart? And what are those things that you do that warm your heart? It's not selfish to make sure you do those things for yourself. It's great when other people do it for you, but it doesn't always work that way, does it? What are those practices that help you warm your heart? And maybe it's just as simple as letting the people you love, know how special they are to you. Fred Rogers would say, speaking of the medium of television, but I think it applies to everyday life as well, we have the choice of encouraging others to diminish this life or to cherish it in creative, imaginative ways. What's your choice? We have the choice of encouraging others to diminish this life or to cherish it in creative, imaginative ways ways. When we ground ourselves in our roots, when we live open-hearted, we grow wings. We grow wings. When faced with a challenge or an obstacle or an aspect of ourselves that served us for a time but will serve us no longer, we are given the wings to help us transcend and overcome any of those obstacles to learn to identify with that spiritual resilience, inner truth, that image of love that Jesse sang so beautifully about, we get to be inspired and uplifted in. One of the questions that helps us with our wings is to identify those presences in our life who have passed on, yet are still with us. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's those people who loved you. Those people who saw the truth of who you are when you couldn't see it about yourself. And this is an adventure in faith. It's a leap right here. But but I I invite you to, to consider that it is possible to see yourself in the eyes of those presences that loved you as if they were seeing you right now. So proud of you so loving of you, so encouraging of you. Let's live in those eyes instead of those other eyes. You know what I'm talking about. Let's live in those eyes. Maybe it's because we have so many wonderful practitioners here, but I I can't help but think about the 30 years that I've been in this, this movement and all the practitioners who've just loved me so much. Carol Armour, Madeline Fielding, Dorothy Lance, Judy Miller, Tom Hodges. It goes on and on. And there's someone who loves you right now. If you can hold yourself in that vision. And I just invite us just to take 30 seconds just to whisper some of those names. I know we have to let them go. But there's that part of them that reminds us to hold on to that love they have for us. Let's just take 30 seconds in silence and whisper those names aloud. Relationships never end, like it or not. And our connection with those people who love us, they give us those wings, those angels, but they're, they're not just out there. They're in our roots, reminding us, informing us, uplifting us, utilize them. Welcome them back into your life in a powerful and meaningful way. The last question on the worksheet is... What is it time to surrender and let God take care of? What is faith but the ability to surrender our own need to control and understand and to give that to a power greater than we are to act in a profound and meaningful way in our lives? What are you called to surrender? For me, it's outcomes, sick of outcomes. (laughs) Mitch Hedberg, the great comedian, said, I'm sick of following my dreams, man. I'm just going to find out where they're going and catch up with them later. (laughs) And there's a truth to that, which doesn't mean give up your dreams. It means live the dream. Stop associating it with an outcome or some way you think it is supposed to show up and and waiting. I will be like this when this is going to happen and start embodying your roots and your heart and being it now. And you're going to be living that dream in no time. What is it for you? What do you call to surrender? I'm listening. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing the words, but I'm not understanding them. But you know what they are. Use the worksheet. One of the most important and yet unknown traditions in our country, an essential part of the wisdom of this nature, of this nation, uh, comes to us from the time of slavery, from African-Americans right here in America. Our great national shame, also because of the resilience and tenacity of of the people who were enslaved brought forth so much wisdom and helped shape the soul Of our country. And just one of these bits of wisdom is often entitled, All God's Children Have Wings. And there are stories throughout communities during that time of slaves who would grow wings and be able to escape the great terror that was being done unto them. A tale might sound like this. And they all remembered what they had forgotten, and recalled the power that had once been theirs. Then they all stood up together, and they all leaped up into the air with a great shout, and in a moment were gone, flying like a flock of crows, over the field, over the fence, and over the top of the wood. The master, the overseer, and the driver looked after them as they flew beyond the wood, beyond the river, miles on miles, until they passed beyond the last rim of the world and disappeared in the sky like a handful of leaves." They were never seen again. And some might read this as a naive folk tale. But for me, I can't think of a story that better represents spiritual resilience and the power of faith to help us overcome obstacles. You have wings. You may not know it, but they're there and when we root ourselves in the truth of who we are, in our traditions, in our history, but even more in that cosmic truth that makes us in the image of love, it gives us wings, it gives us tenacity, even in the most difficult seeming circumstances. Howard Thurman, great mystic of the 20th century, the first minister of an interfaith church the Church for All Peoples in San Francisco, more responsible than any individual for bringing the philosophy of of nonviolence to America and inspiring Martin Luther King Jr. He was living in segregated Florida with his two daughters, Ann and Olive. And Ann and Olive saw a playground and they said, Daddy, can we go swing on those swings? Dreading this moment, Thurman had to say, No, you cannot swing on those swings. Why, Daddy? Let's go home. I'll make you some lemonade, and we'll talk about it. And I can only imagine what that walk home was like. Can you imagine having to tell your child that the society they lived in saw them as not enough, as second-class citizens, because of the color of their skin? And Thurman took a unique approach. He sat with his daughters, and he shared with them It is against the law for us to use those swings, even though it is a public school. At present, only white children can play there. But it takes the state legislature, the courts, the sheriffs and policemen, the white churches, the mayors, the bands and businesses, and the majority of white people in the state of Florida, it takes all of these to keep two little black girls from swinging on those swings. That is how important you are. Never forget the estimate of your own importance and self-worth can be judged by how many weapons and how much power people are willing to use to control you, to keep you in the place they have assigned to you. You are two very important little girls. Your very presence can threaten the entire state of Florida. What would it mean in your life to open up to a new experience of God's love in your heart? What would it mean to let it in in a new and profound way? What would it mean to commit yourself and your life to letting people you care about and interact with to courageously let them know how special they are and the impact that they have on your life? that there's no one else just like them. What does it mean to embrace and recognize that you yourself are a threat to every wrong that may be taking place in your life, every wrong that may be taking place in your relationships, every wrong that may take place in your community or in your country and beyond? What does it mean to embrace that you are that important, that you have that presence that can be a transformational force, that your wings can transfer, can inspire others, that they're contagious. Give yourself the time to root yourself, to allow yourself to live courageously open-hearted, and to allow those wings to take care of themselves in a way that can move you into the next divine level of your life.